Send your true encounters to storiesforaries at gmail.com and I might just read it in one of my next videos. Thanks for stopping by and as always, thanks for listening. I live in Arizona. Over the weekend, I went camping with my fiancé and her sister and husband. My fiancé is four months pregnant. We had a great time camping and fishing. I love fishing, and it's been one of my best coping mechanisms since I got out of the army. Well, Saturday afternoon, we all went fishing on my soon-to-be brother-in-law's boat. We had a blast and caught some fish, and then we headed back to camp. That night, I felt like going fishing again because fishing at night is usually a good time. But no one else wanted to go, and my fiancé was actually already in the tent getting ready for sleep, so I decided to go by myself and fish from the shore of the lake. This was around 10.30 p.m. Well, I was out there for a good 45 minutes, with no odd interruptions, just enjoying the peace and quiet. Then I hear a loud snap about 30 meters away. I've been taught to observe my surroundings and always be on guard, this snap was odd. It wasn't like an ordinary twig snap. It was more like a large fallen branch. At first, I'm thinking bear, as that would be the only logical explanation based on the weight that it could break something that large. So I'm looking in that general direction for a good 30 seconds after the snap, and I hear nothing. Then it happens. I hear footsteps, followed by the most foul and oddly unique smell hitting my nose. These steps are most certainly bipedal, and I just had the strongest intuition and gut feeling that it wasn't anyone from my family, but it was something dangerous, like worse than what I faced overseas dangerous. The feeling of fear I felt was unrivaled at that moment. So I say out loud, Who's there? But there's all of a sudden silence for a good minute. Then it happens. I see something breaking the tree line about 15 feet from the shore of the lake. It's on four legs, which freaked me out because the walking after the snap was definitely a two-legged creature. It was extremely pale with odd fur patches covering its body. It looked like a malnourished wolf or coyote but with a smaller head, as if the head was half-developed. We locked eyes, and again... It's like a telekinetic wave of fear crashed over me, but I stood my ground. This thing then does what makes me 100% sure it wasn't a normal animal. It talked. First, the most creepy laughter, almost like a child's mixed with a demon's. <laughs> and then it says to me while simply walking away now. Danger. You are all in danger. <laughs> I stood frozen, watching as it walked parallel to the lake until it was out of sight. I was then hit with an overwhelming feeling of dread, and immediately thought to check on my fiancé and soon-to-be family members, because the feeling inside me was so strong that they were now in extreme danger too. I got back to camp and everyone was asleep, I didn't tell any of them what happened as not to alarm them, and I didn't expect them to believe me if I did, because I wouldn't believe myself if I hadn't seen or heard it. The worst part is, we've now been in my home for a full 24 hours, but that feeling of me and my fiancé being in danger keeps echoing in my mind. 
I was taught never to run or surrender and to face my enemies head on. And this feeling I have is almost like a life or death thing. Kill it and be safe, or feel like me and my fiancé are going to die for God knows how long. I have training and have dealt with enemies before. Should I go back, alone and prepared? What should I do? My fight-or-flight response hasn't been shut off since we've gotten back home, and most of me wants to go back, prepared, and face this thing. Honestly, what should I do? Because I can't get this creature's words or thoughts, whatever it projected onto me, out of my head, much less the words I actually heard. I went to Nebraska Nation Forest every long weekend with two friends who all call Hallie and Todd. I've known them for years and we would never hike alone because of the risks, so we became a group. Anyway, it was spring break last year and we went on a week-long backpacking trip. It was a seven-hour drive there and I, being 14, couldn't drive, but Hallie was 16 and Todd was 15. Hallie drove us there and we had a great time for the first few hours of the drive. But as we got closer to the forest, something felt off. I know it sounds cliche, but I had this feeling like I was going to get sick. I tried to ignore it thinking I was just nervous, but I guess Hallie and Todd knew that something was off with me. They asked what was up and I told them something wasn't right, but they just laughed, thinking I was trying to scare them. A few hours later and the feeling is still there, but we were finally at the trailhead. I got out, and everything was as it should be. We grabbed our packs, and off we went. I felt like I was at home in the trees, and the feeling was soon forgotten. We walked a little over five miles that day before we set up camp. We had a two-person tent that Hallie and I brought, and then a hammock that Todd brought. After we set up camp, we just ate and were chilling by the fire. Mind you, there wasn't any alcohol or drugs. Todd began complaining about how he didn't want to sleep in his hammock. I didn't want to listen to him complain, so I offered to switch places, which he gladly accepted. The night went on as usual until around 2 a.m. when we all got tired and we went to bed. Well, everyone except me. I have extremely bad insomnia and I was just mending to the fire and chilling. Finally, I decided to get into the hammock and read. So I put out the fire, grabbed my headlamp, and got into the hammock. I noticed that something was off, but I couldn't place it. And then I noticed that everything was silent, completely silent. No crickets, no animals, nothing. My skin started to crawl, and I knew something was definitely off. I turned out my headlamp and laid down and kept silent. I wanted to try to hear some type of animal to ease my worries. That's when I heard it. Something was dragging against the tent. I wasn't even five feet from the tent. It freaked me out and I did something really stupid. I called out my friend's names. Then the noise stopped. I got no answers, but this feeling of dread was something that I haven't felt before or since. And then I felt something. Something poked the hammock. And it wasn't a soft poke. It was more like a jab. It was horrifying. What the hell had just touched me and where was it? I was frozen. I also suffer from anxiety and I felt the panic rising in me. I couldn't understand what was going on and then I made another mistake. I decided I wanted to see what jabbed me. 
All of this happened within seconds. I reached up and clicked on my light, and then I saw it. There was a creature about four feet above me, staring at me. It was kind of hunched over. It was about three feet off the ground, so this thing was probably seven to eight feet tall. It looked like a dog, but also it didn't. It had the face of a wolf, but in a human way. The eyes looked red. The ears looked like clipped pit bull ears, its mouth pulled back in a snarl, and a hand, paw thing, blocking its face. I was terrified because its teeth were huge and sharp. The paws, if you could even call them that, were a five-finger-type thing with sharp, long claws that looked like they could tear me apart. I screamed, and as soon as I did, this thing let out something between a scream and a howl. It was deep, and I could feel it. I heard Todd yelling, what the hell was that? And I heard the tent opening, and that's when the creature and I finally broke eye contact. I yelled at Hallie and Todd to help me. When I looked back up, This thing was climbing the tree while still looking at me. Then I saw the back of it. It had a tail of a dog, grayish silver fur, a black mane down its back, and a hump. I took this opportunity to scramble out of the hammock, and we took off without grabbing anything. I had no shoes, nothing. Finally, we made it back to the car, but the whole time I heard something in the trees. The next day, we had park rangers go get our things as we were really freaked out. When they got there, everything was gone. Not even trash remained. It was as if we were never there. They blamed us for lying, but we had no idea what happened. I had no idea what I saw or why it didn't just kill me. I haven't been back to the woods in a very long time. But still, every time I close my eyes... I see that thing. There has been a lot of conflict between my family and my grandfather's side of the family. You see, my side of the family all grew up and went their different ways in life, such as leaving the nest when it was time to go. Unfortunately, my grandfather's brother's family wasn't going anywhere in life except staying on the reservation and not doing anything to better themselves. My grandfather used to travel for work. He was working the railroads. After my grandfather's kids decide to go and make a life for themselves, my grandfather's brother was pretty jealous and envious for them having a good life. So what he did was something that would change the rest of our lives. My grandfather passed away. How he died? He got hit by a semi-truck, which unfortunately hit the passenger side of the vehicle he was in. He possibly could have made it if the police hadn't moved him, but they did, and he passed away on the scene. The minute my mother found out, she was distraught, yet she called her sister to tell the news and called the airport to buy plane tickets to Arizona. She packed our bags and we left North Carolina. When we got to Arizona, my grandmother and her side of the family were waiting for us. My mother told me that when she exited the gate, she swore she saw my grandfather holding my grandmother. She told her mom that her dad wasn't dead and how he is right there, holding her. She let everything out and tears began to drop. I didn't understand at the time because I was only four years old. After we left the airport, my family were all together and supporting one another. It was only then that I realized something was wrong, yet I didn't know what had happened. After my family buried my grandfather, 
his brother's family tried to demand money from his will. My grandmother was confused at this point, because why would you bring up money at a time like this? My grandfather's brother didn't get anything from his life insurance, so life moved on. Then my grandmother and my family went to go see a medicine man and do a protection prayer amongst our family and to find out why my grandfather's passing was so suddenly. When we went to see the medicine man, he provided information about the misfortune of my grandfather's passing. And that's when we began to see my grandfather's brother differently. You need to kill a relative in order to possess black magic and to be able to do bad things to those you want to cause harm to. But you can also use black magic to turn into a skinwalker. This is why my grandfather died so suddenly. All because his brother wanted what my grandfather had and his accomplishments in life. After we found out who did it, it was clear that we were no longer going to be around that side of the family. For a long time, it was my grandfather's brother who has tried to do whatever he can to get into our lives and to try to mess it up. He changes into a skinwalker and puts bones within our bodies. I've had three of them removed, and it can hurt. The bones from what I remember look like little shard pieces that were originally animal bones. The medicine man had to suck it out and told me that it was bitter. Before the bones were taken out, I wasn't doing good in school and was always distracted. Along with the fact that every time I came home from school, I was just mentally and physically drained. I was always sleeping right after I got home from school and would sleep a while until my mom would come in and wake me up. It was a lot to handle for someone who was only 15 years old at the time. He would also send beings to scare me, my aunt, and my grandmother, but it never works because we always stood up to these spirits and never let them make us feel fear. To this day, he's still alive, and I plan to go back to the place where my grandfather grew up and take his belongings, because they belong to us. These are the stories told to me by my two best friends of 20 years. I'm going to preface this by saying these two are some of the most honest people I've ever known, and it took them years before they'd speak to me about this stuff. Once I was able to convince them to tell me about this, the older of the two brothers broke down into tears and abruptly left about halfway through the first story. It's just too traumatic for him to relive. I felt bad for that, and I haven't asked him to speak about it since that day. His younger brother that I'm closer with provided the detail, as well as their cousin, who carries a religious title that's essentially an enforcement position designated to deal with the presence of skinwalkers and related threats. Apparently, my friend, the younger brother, was born with a split tongue, like a lizard, and slits in his pupil instead of them being round. You're probably making the face I made when I was first told that, but keep in mind, all of this is religious to the Zuni and they're very serious about it. They don't allow non-tribal members this knowledge, nor do they allow the presence of non-Zuni. You can visit if invited, but you can't stay during certain times. I'll start with the first story they shared when we were around 13 years old, and this is the first experience of many that is too much for my friend to relive. He said he was very young and was woken up abruptly in the night to glass breaking. When he opened his eyes, his dad was already in his son's room, motioning to him to stay where he is and to be quiet, while pointing a large revolver towards the kitchen where the window was broken. Not long after, his dad fired multiple shots, then heard a screech so loud it hurt his ears, 
with a scuffle in the next room and saw a shadow on the wall that he said didn't look or move anything like a person. Apparently whatever was in the house immediately leapt out the same window that was broken to get in. He said the adults gathered and left to find it shortly after, but was never told what they found, just that it was definitely a skinwalker. The day after, he broke down into tears talking about it, and surprisingly, he said the shadow and screeching he saw scarred him and is ultimately why they left the reservation. I never asked him about it again. Another instance that the older brother told me was one that left me particularly intrigued, though I'm not sure why compared to some of the other stories. He said they were having some sort of celebratory feast one night, and my friend saw what he described as a very small person stealing their food while the adults weren't looking. He said it was around one to two feet tall, and when he saw it, he shouted to his dad and all of the adults dropped what they were doing and started chasing it and trying to corner it. This went on for a while, and during the commotion they realized that there were multiple tiny beings, two of which were able to escape into the gutters. He said he remembers everyone trying to reach into the gutters to block them from getting away, but one was caught, and he distinctly remembers his uncle holding it up high by the leg, and he watched it scream in terror. It sounded like a tiny human. Then they tied it up and stuffed it into a cloth pouch and burned him alive over a fire. He said the way it screamed while burning terrified him because he could hear how much pain it was in. But they are human-like. By the way he explained them, they seem like something that looks like lawn gnomes. He doesn't know if they're necessarily evil, but they kill every single one they come across. Not sure why, but that one really creeps me out. The next one I remember. The two brothers were together somewhere out in the wilderness hunting rabbits just outside the reservation. They were walking home because the sun had just went down, but came across a barely standing shack. While being dumb kids with a pellet gun, they went inside, but shortly after, a rock hit the wall of the shack. They immediately go outside and within seconds notice commotion in the vegetation about 30 feet away. They had one flashlight, so they pointed towards the movement and a human-looking figure stood up and faced them with its head tilted to the side. They described it as very, very pale, with facial features that were not human. He said he didn't know how to explain it and that it just didn't look like a person. Upon seeing that, they immediately took off running back home, and as soon as they did, they see coyotes just sitting alongside the trail, standing off to the side, but all were just staring at them, with no fear of their presence, and followed them all the way back. They were told by their elders that they were being warned off and that the commotion in the grass was the skinwalker changing form. They said they never went back to that area again, and the younger brother said that he had never been so terrified. As for their cousin that carries the title to those who are there to deal with the skinwalkers, I ended up getting pretty close with him too, since his cousins are like family to me, and I picked his brain one night. He said they consider them a manifestation of pure evil. They're ruthless, and they know they're not supposed to be around the Zuni people. They're fully aware of their actions. If they find out that a skinwalker is near, they hunt it down, catch it, and string it upside down over a fire and burn it alive. During that process, 
He said the sounds that they make is nothing like you'd ever hear anywhere else. He said you can't kill them with bullets, and there's different levels to their abilities. They can affect you in a variety of ways, but always in a negative fashion such as leaving you sick or dead. If I remember correctly, there's a time every year where everybody but him and others with his title stay inside and lock the doors and block the windows. And then he will walk the town in specific clothing and chant specific words and hunt the skinwalkers with his peers. I didn't really understand, but it was implied that the skinwalkers are expected to be present around this time. But he spoke about it like it's something completely normal. One last story I'm going to share is not from the Zuni reservation. This is a story my uncle told me and takes place in a reservation outside Bernalillo, a small city which is about 20 minutes away from Albuquerque, but I don't remember the name of the reservation. My uncle was a sniper in the Air Force and saw combat in Panama. After leaving the military, he was a firearm instructor for the APD, Albuquerque Police, and then for Bernalillo PD. One day, he gets a call about a drunk guy acting strange at the base of a mountain. He shows up, but he doesn't see anyone there. He gets out and starts looking around, and at the base of the mountain, he finds clothes, neatly folded. As he turns around, he's surprised by what he calls the biggest wolf he's ever seen in his life. It's about 20 feet away from him and walking straight toward him. He said it was around five feet tall and was staring right into his eyes. He puts his hand on his holstered gun but doesn't draw it and starts walking backwards towards his car while the wolf continues towards him. Once he reached his unit, he got inside as fast as possible, and when he shut the door, it was now only an inch away from his window. He said he had to look up at it while seated in his unit. He then makes a, sorry, I'm leaving, gesture, and drove down the road where he met one of the reservation officers. She asked him what happened, since he was pale and visibly shaken. All he was able to muster was, I don't know, it's massive, I, uh, I don't think I belong here, I didn't, uh, and she immediately put up her hand and said, don't worry about it, I gotcha. I've been wondering when this was going to happen again, just go ahead and get out of here. Then she drove off, and she didn't go to the area, but rather parked her car sideways, blocking the entrance to the area, and started making calls. He says, by the way the thing looked directly in his eyes, not to mention the absurd size and aggression, and its lack of fear and also folded clothes, that he knew he was face to face with a skinwalker, and that he hopes he never comes across something like that again.